Calling all Swifties and champions of change, Like a Girl Media is rolling out the red carpet for you with our Thrive Like a Girl contest. We're all about celebrating powerful women leaders who inspire us to dream big and push boundaries. And who embodies that spirit more than Taylor Swift herself? Here's your chance to see her live in concert. We're giving away two tickets to Taylor Swift's show in London on Saturday, June 22nd. Imagine being part of the magic, all thanks to Like a Girl Media. Entering is easy. Subscribe, share, and show us which episodes inspired you the most. Visit our website or check our social media for all the details. Don't just dream it, be it. Thrive like a girl and make this summer unforgettable. Contest opens globally. Voidware prohibited. Must be 18 or older to enter. No purchase necessary. Subscribe and share with hashtag thrive like a girl and tag us at like a girl underscore media for entry. Unlimited entries means unlimited chances. Winner chosen at random after contest closes May 20th, 2024. We'll be notified via DM. Make sure your profiles are not private. Check full rules on our site. This is your shot to see Taylor Swift live. Don't miss it. Welcome to the Hit Like a Girl podcast. This is High Tea with Grace, where we spill the tea on HIT. I'd like to introduce you to my esteemed guest, Jennifer D'Angelo from the New Jersey Innovation Institute. Thank you so much, Grace. It's so great to be here with everyone. Thank you for having me this this morning. I look forward to talking to you about health IT and uh, all that goes along with that for the state of New Jersey and just in healthcare in general. That's awesome, Jennifer. Thanks so much for joining us. So tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what you do and what you're responsible for at the NJII. Sure. So I am the Senior Vice President and General Manager at New Jersey Innovation Institute. I've been in this role for about 18 months now, and I absolutely love it. My career has been spent for several decades on the provider side as a Chief Information Officer and working in a variety of different levels of healthcare settings uh, throughout the state of New Jersey. So this role is very near and dear to me because as I started my health IT journey, interoperability was at the forefront of really what my passion is for healthcare and health IT, connecting the dots of patients to their providers and really making IT work the way it was intended to work. So uh, being a huge supporter of that, now I have the great opportunity to work in this organization and help support and manage New Jersey's Health Information Network, which is an enormous data gateway that spans throughout the entire state of New Jersey, connecting patients and providers and making sure that their health information and their IT records follow them wherever they travel in the state. What an amazing experience to come from the provider side to this HIE side, really seeing that what providers need, exactly what type of you know, interoperability is important for them and to be able to really implement it you know, on a statewide level. Yeah, it's really incredible. Sometimes life takes you on this journey and you're not often crystal clear as to why you're involved in certain projects and leading certain initiatives, especially on the provider side, you jump in and you wear many different hats. So as a chief information officer, I've been afforded the great experience of getting involved in a lot of operational processes. So taking that information and really partnering with the clinical teams and providers has been a tremendous experience on 
IT can do anything now, right? So IT capabilities are limitless. So how do we operationalize that with the folks that we're trying to help support and make their lives easier, whether documenting in the electronic health record and helping them get information to uh, do some predictive analytics and how to really treat patients, especially in critical situations. So taking that experience and then moving into this role to support statewide health IT has really been a tremendous and very interesting transition. It's really taken my journey in healthcare really to another level, you know, with that provider experience and mindset and really looking at what is New Jersey doing? How can we help the residents of New Jersey and continue to support Department of Health's initiatives and you know, be that uh, support system for them to help with COVID-related initiatives, immunizations. I mean, really health IT, is the, the sky's the limit. So we look at our gateway is you know, sending and receiving and we just keep that, that health IT information flowing. So it's really, really cool. And it's amazing how you can take that experience and just apply it to different areas of your career, healthcare, and mm-hmm. just continuing to grow interoperability for the state of New Jersey and the residents that we serve here. What an amazing opportunity and what an amazing background you bring to it. So tell me a little bit about your current efforts to improve data quality in in New Jersey. Uh, I think the topic of data quality and dirty health data, um, it seemed to rise to the forefront in COVID. We've heard stories of how just dirty the data is and how hard it was to, to track COVID infections in states. And so, you know, I'm really interested in hearing more about, you know, how exactly you are working to achieve your goal of bettering that uh, serving patients and bettering that quality of the data? Sure, yes. So everyone has a ton of data. So every health system, provider practice, they're inputting information all day long. They're meeting with patients, they have a laptop, the information goes into the system and then what happens to it? So looking at that information and having that flowing through to the health information network we have dedicated teams that look at the quality of that data. So it's not just about sending and receiving data, but what does that data mean? Is it telling the story? Is it accurate? So we really take pride and we have uh, protocols in place where we look at the quality of that data and metrics. And we hold facilities accountable and we support them to increase those conformance metrics to make sure the data that we're receiving is good data, that it matches with the right person. We also have issues, you know, identification issues in health IT has been- Oh yeah, I can only imagine. Years years and years. Mm -hmm. So even within health systems and as a CIO, you know, how many times do you potentially have the same patient in the system several different ways for a variety of different reasons, right? So we have a really robust process where we use a master person index, which we call our MPI. And what happens with that really robust and analytical process is we look at records that come in from all of our trusted data sharing organizations throughout the state. And we validate that that patient is who they say they are. We assign them a common key identifier. And then that is able to go back to the facilities so that we really try to connect the dots and make sure we have the right patient, we have them assigned to the right provider, we have them assigned to the right consumer report, and then making sure that that's all 
um, that's all in sync. And then we take that and unpack it a little bit further because we really look at data flow for admission, discharges, transfers. Yeah. We want to make sure that that data is accurate. So I always try to explain it in a, a very easy way because people say, well, what is a health information network exactly? And it really is a date. A data gateway that sends and receives messages throughout the state. So I say if you're in northern New Jersey and you have hospital admission, your information goes into the medical records system and then your provider group and your care coordinators get an alert about that admission, right? So you have your stay there, you're discharged, they get notification that you're discharged. You decide you're going to Atlantic City for the weekend. You're going to go to one of the casinos and unfortunately you may have an issue at one of the casinos and you end up in a hospital down in South Jersey. So that process starts all over again where they have your admission, your discharge, your transfer, but your physician and care coordination group will see that notification and be able to connect the dots, even though you're in a different hospital in a different area of the state. And that's the really amazing part of interoperability and health IT and looking to make sure that those data elements are, are critical and accurate for each patient. Oh, that's just incredible that you're able to do that and to have such quality data to make sure that it's accurate and it's going to the right place all throughout the state and really flowing well. Um, so that's one way, you know, you're kind of using this newly clean and usable data. Uh, what are some other things you're hoping you're doing now? And also, what are some other things you're hoping to do down the future with this amazing clean data that you have? So we're continuing to look to expand. So you know, we've done significant efforts and strides in building current infrastructure efficiencies. We work with facilities to reduce duplicative data entry. We help them connect to statewide registries and we're a true partner of Department of Health and Department of Human Services. So we have a variety of different use cases that, that we're piloting, but one that's really uh, neat and in particular is our EMS encounters, right? So oh, yeah. that's mm -hmm. really critical. So they have to have that accurate information at that time of emergency to be able to really care for that patient. So, you know, looking for enhanced ways to get that information to those that need it at that critical moment so that they can best treat the patient is really a, a critical initiative that we're working on. And I have to say that we have terrific partners in the state of New Jersey who really mm -hmm. support interoperability, statewide HIT, and you know, really support those initiatives. We work with all the hospitals in the state, long-term care facilities, post-acute facilities, assisted living, independent provider practices. So we really are covering such a tremendous ground of providers throughout the state of New Jersey. When I first onboarded here, and the interesting piece for me is to see it come to fruition. So I was a provider that was working with New Jersey Innovation Institute on interoperability initiatives. So they had all these use cases coming out for a variety of different uh, scenarios to help streamline data entry and just continuing to you know, expand interoperability and clinical uh, casework throughout the state. And I was the first one to sign up for all of those. I'm like, yes, this is where healthcare needs to go. This is the right thing to do for our patients. It helps the providers. So now that I'm on this side, it's it's really neat to be able to see that come 
full circle and help these providers really get that connectivity and partner with us, uh, you know, to continue to help support the initiatives for Department of Health and, and for human services. So it's really tremendous opportunity. That's incredible. It's amazing. So, you know, making all of this data interoperable throughout New Jersey, cleaning it up, you know, are there software partners that you work with that help you do this? Uh, Do you have internal built systems? You know, how exactly do you uh, to do this from like a logistical standpoint? Sure. Yes, we have, you know, a few external partners that we work with. We do a lot of the work internally. We have a really amazing dedicated team for recruitment and onboarding, technical services. And, you know, we're here to support the organizations. And it's a partnership. It's a two-way partnership. It's not just about we're here and this is our purpose, but we're here to support them and really get the most meaning out of, these statewide connections and and having the interoperability. It also helps them support federal and state mandates, you know, by connecting mm-hmm. and working with us. It really helps with information blocking, conditions of participation, and meeting some interoperability requirements. So that's really the beauty of, of the work that we do. So it's not only to continue to foster health IT, but it really helps them to meet these federal and state mandates um, that sometimes would be difficult to meet independently. So it, yeah. we're a great resource. Sometimes people don't know the, the the offerings that we have. So I'm really excited to be able to talk through some of that this morning. How do you stay on top of all of the shifting regulatory deadlines? I feel like they're constantly shifting and changing and all of the requirements are shifting and changing and they'll put out a note that's not official, but it's going to be official. And, you know, how do you keep track of it all? We have a really great team that keeps a very close pulse on all of that. And we work very closely with our state stakeholders. So they're terrific partners with us. When we see that there is a mandate or an initiative that's coming out, or if they need support with uh, a system that they're enhancing and putting out for general population, we're there to help support that. So it is a rigorous process at times. The timelines become very tight. And, you know, we just work to to get things done. So we try to keep it simple. We try to keep it simplified, focused, and targeted so that we make sure that we're really hitting what's needed uh, when it's needed. That's just incredible and such an inspiring thing to have a woman at the helm. Do you find that you're often the only woman at the table here at some of these conversations that are happening? At times, yes. And I can say that from being a chief information officer previously to the role that I'm in now, I do have to say I have come across some really great female CIOs throughout the state of New Jersey. You know, Department of Health has a CIO there who is phenomenal to work with. But yes, we do see that our numbers are smaller. <laughs> and then uh, <laughs> our, we're definitely outnumbered in certain uh, associations and, and You're areas. small but mighty. <laughs> we are a small but mighty group. That is for sure. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. So I'm interested to hear a little bit about your, you know, personal journey and, um, and you know, what, why is it important for you personally to continue to be innovative and pioneer these new technologies to benefit patients in New Jersey? Yes. Yeah, so, you know, it's really to just continue to support and improve population health, right? Mm-hmm. So, 
you know, we we have these systems available to us. We input so much information on on patients and providers really put their notes in and assessments were chock full of data. So looking at that data and coming up with preventative wellness, predictive analytics, and you know, tying that into social determinants of health, we have so much information available to us now to be able to drill down and look at areas within the state that need extra assistance or logistically are, are folks not able to receive health care. So mm-hmm. how do we how do we use this data to really help the patients that we serve? So sometimes I feel like we get lost in health IT and we yeah. have acronyms and we talk processes and we talk data flow. But really what the purpose of all of this is to connect to the patients and make sure that we're providing the best care possible. We're trying to reduce healthcare costs by by having clean data and systems that can speak to each other. And ultimately, we're trying to do preventative wellness for for patients to avoid hospitalizations, to help them with areas where if they can't get out, we have all these tools available for remote device management and monitoring. So it's, it's really looking to leverage that technology, not just for the sake of inputting into a spreadsheet or yeah. into you know name, address, and this very impersonal experience. Health IT should be a meaningful experience for the provider and the patient. And it really is intended to help the patient uh, remain healthy and have their information easily accessible to them and, and their provider team that's supporting them. So tell me, what are your key strategies for staying on top of such a tall order? <laughs> it is a very the tall size order. Of all of New Jersey, it's a big, it's a big thing you're working on. <laughs> it is a big thing. So I have to say it takes a team. So it really takes a team. So I have a wonderful group of folks that we work with. We have external stakeholders. We're true partners. And this is a collaboration for us to work together. So it's being very organized, being very thoughtful, making sure that we utilize the resources we have efficiently and keeping those timelines in check. So, you know, we build all of this robust data and we have all this technology. How do we continue to leverage that and expand it? So it's not like we're going to build this great EMS portal and we're going to have that information available, but how do we expand it throughout and have it be statewide? So right now, you know, the health information network is statewide for admission, discharge, transfer alerting, and our CCDA, which is really a clinical snapshot of a person's visit in the ED upon discharge. So, you know, looking at that information, we can glean so much about the patient, so much about what's happening in certain pockets of of areas in New Jersey and counties. And it really gives the provider information to track and trend and looking at the analytics behind that. Oh, so, so true. Mm-hmm. It really is. But my team is wonderful. Our stakeholders externally are terrific and amazing. So it takes a team to be able to do this. And it takes full transparency, communication, 
and collaboration to continue to expand this. So it's, and it's very exciting to see health IT continue to move in this direction. And then we can expand it regionally. So with beyond the state of New Jersey to our, our partner states that are across the borders. So that's ultimately what we would love to have a regional uh, exchanges with other states. That's fantastic. And knowing you, you won't stop until that gets done. <laughs> you really That's are a fantastic right. leader to be, you know, it's amazing the way that you give gratitude to the people you work with around you. And, you know, we're all lucky to have a HIT leader like you in New Jersey. That's for sure. Oh, thank uh, you so much. I love it. It's a passion of mine. I hope you can see the energy that I have behind it. It's not just a job, it's a career, it's working for the good of those that we serve in New Jersey. And I'm just absolutely thrilled to be part of that initiative. That's fantastic. You know, you really are such a busy career woman. You have lots of amazing goals and you've done so much already uh, for HIT in New Jersey. Um, but a little birdie told me that you also spend a significant amount of time volunteering with organizations like New Jersey Hymns, uh, Regional and State Leadership Associations, Healthcare Association of New Jersey, National Hymns, AHIMA, Leading Age Cast, New Jersey Health Connect, New Jersey Hospital Association. I mean, I could talk for days. Why is it so important for you to make sure that you give your time to these organizations? In addition to all of the amazing work you're doing in New Jersey, helping with healthcare data exchange. That's a great point. I love to give back. So I feel it's super critical to plug into these statewide associations. They roll up nationally. They produce some wonderful educational materials. They're continuing to foster and support health IT throughout the state. And they all have such a mission and vision that really is near and dear to me. So I love giving back. I love sitting on uh, a variety of different boards and committees and helping with looking at trending and you know just giving back in areas that really we should be. So our experience, like we go through this journey and, you know, to help up and coming folks that are, are jumping into the industry, they need that experience and that mentorship from folks that have been doing this for quite a while. So it is very important for me to stay engaged with the associations. I am really thrilled to say that in this role, I get to work even closer with the associations because of the work that we do and partnerships that we have with their members and participants. So, but this has been something that I have really put as a priority throughout my career and starting maybe two decades ago when I was looking at interoperability said, how do I plug into the associations and help support some of their initiatives? And they really have some wonderful things that are going on. So those of you that are listening, plug into an association, listen to the webinars and the services that they offer, join a committee, help continuing uh, you know, the support of, of New Jersey associations really helps the benefit overall for health IT folks throughout the state. That is such great advice. And if you need any more information, feel free to reach out to Jennifer and she can absolutely get that information to you or feel free to email me as well or DM me on Twitter. Um, so I, one thing I wanted to ask you just a little bit kind of going more personally, what makes you tick, Jennifer? What keeps you going? When times are tough, you've had a lot of challenges you've had to face in your life. What keeps you moving? You know, just the passion of the work I do, and I love being busy. So just on a personal note, uh, you know, 
work is very demanding. It always has been in my career, being on the hospital side as a CIO 24-7. That phone is tied to you all the time. You're checking email, vacations, no matter what you're doing. I'm a mom of three boys. So uh, not only am I busy in the workplace, I'm busy at home and taking care of my family. So really trying to make it all balanced. And, you know, I just look at each day as such a gift. And, you know, what can I do to to you know, help those around me continue to build up my team. Uh, looking at women that play such a critical role in so many areas of of healthcare and information technology at home. How do we juggle it all? I give uh, kudos to all the moms that have been home with their kiddos and trying to manage career. Yeah, I really do. My boys are are in their twenties and you know much older. But this past pandemic, you know, almost two years now, I really give everyone a lot of credit being able to juggle at home, teaching your kids, working, being a wife and just taking care of everything. So it's, you know, it's definitely been challenging and we just rise to the occasion and we just, we just get it done. If you Mm -hmm. overthink it, sometimes it, it kind of stops you dead in your tracks because it can be overwhelming, but I just keep going and I love what I do. I love being a mom. I love being, I love this career. So that's what keeps me going and motivated. And, you know, just looking at women in healthcare, just, you know, we can just bring, we bring a different perspective, right? And yeah. a different experience and a different leadership style. So I feel like each day that I, I, you know, bring that to the, to the space of those I work with is just an opportunity to showcase the differences and, you know, my experiences and, you know, creating that diverse culture, right? So it's it's trying to bring it all together. And it is a hectic pace, but I love it. And I wonder, oh my gosh, when things slow down, what happens? I don't know. We'll keep, <laughs> keep it moving. Yeah, truly keep it moving. I like Absolutely. that. We'll take that and put that on social. So tell me, uh, we've been talking a lot about this today, but tell me about the work that you've been most proud of in your entire career that you've, you've kind of to date most proud of? That's a good question. I have, I feel like I've, you know, the work is the work, right? And we've got, we've had, I've had significant accomplishments with electronic health record implementations and technology initiatives. But I think one of the best things that I've experienced in my career is working with the folks that I've worked with all throughout my journey. So I love networking with people. I mm-hmm. love looking at folks from a distance and seeing talent that they may not see in themselves and then moving them around and saying, you know what, I think you would be really successful in this type of role. So that's really what I've done for a lot of my career. I love investing in people. I love promoting the team and just you know helping support them and mentoring them in ways maybe that they would think that they couldn't be successful and think outside the box. Uh, just a quick story, you know, we, at one of the facilities that I worked in, uh, we had a driver and she was phenomenal. And I got to talk to her a little bit. She would pick up patients and, you know, part of transportation. And I said, let me talk to her a little bit. There was something special about her. And it ended up being that she just had such a wide knowledge of so many different things that she could put 
her skill set too. So long story short, she ends up transferring into a finance role and working in billing and really just expanded her career. So I think for me, the work is the work, the work gets done. A leader is as good as their team is and, and staying focused, right? So I think it's investing my time in the team around me and the folks that I've had you know, throughout this journey. Jennifer, you are truly an inspiring and empowering leader and healthcare technology is better to have known you. That's for sure. <laughs> that's, they're better so for knowing you. Um, so to finish this conversation off right, where can our listeners find you online? So they can find me at njii.com. I also have another website and a for-profit organization that I oversee, which is Healthcare Innovation Solutions. I am on LinkedIn all the time. So that is probably the quickest and fastest way to get in touch with me. So please find me on LinkedIn. Send me a follow request. I will accept that. And I'm on Twitter too. So uh, all those social outlets, I am plugged in and online all the time. That's terrific. Now, before I forget, tell me, did you bring a tea with you today? I do. Uh-huh. <laughs> now tell me all about that mug. Wow. That is amazing. Isn't that a cool mug? I absolutely love this mug. So I don't get to showcase it. So I'm going to do that now. Um, but yes, and it comes with a really tall, skinny little gold spoon that goes in there. And I have my tea. So I have a green kombucha tea today. Oh, I love that. You know, I haven't really gotten into kombucha yet. What have you found the benefits to be? I love kombucha. I have it with tea. I have it in the cold drink and it has like a little bit of bubbly and it's really good to just kind of normalize your gut. And they say mm -hmm. that that kind of st everything starts there. So, well, yeah, there's it. so many studies out there that talk about how, you know, if you're normalizing your gut is key to your having a good immune system <laughs> and staying alive longer. So that might be a little helpful. <laughs> Absolutely. And one thing that I love to do is in the office, I have my essential oils and diffusers because when people walk in, I want them to feel that very calming feeling. And I have an open door policy. So I network with my team all the time. Very happy to be back in the office and seeing my folks again and getting out there and working with the hospitals and providers. So it's been great. I'm really excited to, to get back out there and continue the work that we do. That is too good. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. Hope to connect with you guys. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, folks. Check out the Hit Like a Girl podcast website and YouTube page for more interviews with esteemed guests just like Jennifer. And uh, check out me on Twitter at High Tea with Grace. Cheers, everyone. Bye. So I would love, to, uh, you know, just a little final thing. You know, is there anything else that you want um, to make sure our audience knows? Um, if there's anything else you feel like you'd like to make sure that you say, I can, you know, include this in the recording. Uh, let me think. You know, it's strange because our organization has been around for quite a while and folks are still not clear on what we do as an organization. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's not health, like health IT, you know, for the podcast, but something just to, to to 
drive folks to our website to kind of get to know us a little bit more throughout the state. I think that would be awesome. I feel like we've heard a lot about HIEs for a while and then it got kind of quiet and then all of a sudden right. COVID hit and there was like a renaissance where it was Absolutely. like, you yeah. need the HIE. What are you doing? <laughs> like, you right. know, like, I don't know if you felt that, but that's what it seemed just kind of looking at it from the news perspective. It's yes, absolutely. And I have to say the state of New Jersey required facilities to connect because of COVID. Wow. So that's really critical because, um, the acute care facilities had already been connected, but there really wasn't a push and expansion for HIE onboarding and connectivity. So COVID really put a lot of pressure on facilities, particularly long-term care facilities that struggled quite a bit with admissions and, and a lot of deaths and their stats and reporting that. So in New Jersey, the state did put out of mandate last September requiring facilities to onboard to the HEN with bi-directional ADT CCDA, you know, in 270 days, they were like, you know what? Wow. Do it or else. And you got to do it fast. Exactly. Exactly. So what did that do for your team? Like, <laughs> right. So the team was like, oh my gosh, holy smokes. Now, you know, now we have to expand this out. So we went from 70 ish, facilities that were connected to now over 600 in maybe nine months. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, increased exponentially because of pandemic and because of state requirement. Mm -hmm. Incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for all the work that you're doing on that. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. It's my Every state needs a Jennifer. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Like a Girl Media is more than a media network. It's a community. We want to meet you and amplify your voice and the voices of outstanding women innovating in healthcare. Interested in starting your own podcast or hosting an event near you? Connect with us online or in person. We're here to support and empower you.